This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. If you even shake his hand, you know that. Like, I think he broke every bone in my hand. Let me ask you, I'll just tell you quick. Please. If you want to defeat that hand crushing shake crush his hand first so that's the one thing i learned after i had a couple of lessons of him crushing my hand i said okay i'm gonna try it differently so i squeezed when he brought his hand out i just squeezed it as hard as i could it didn't hurt as much after he shook my hand if you attack first hey what's cracking welcome to the gym Rome podcast we are up to episode 272, where this week my guest is a longtime vet of NFL front offices. He has been a scout. He has been a director of player personnel. He has been a two-time GM, including most recently 10 seasons with the Vikings as their general manager. That's right. My guest this week is Rick Spielman. He has spent over three decades working on the inside. Now he's on the media side, contributing to CBS Sports and the 33rd team. Anytime I get a chance to pick the brain of a 30-year vet of NFL front offices, you know I'm going to take that chance. So let's get right to it. It's episode 272 with former Vikings GM Rick Spielman, and it's coming at you right now. So, Rick, first things first, it is great to get caught up with you once again. I know you've been through some things of late. How are things? How are you living? Yeah, no, it's been great uh, getting our house back together from Hurricane Ian, so still working on that, but have really enjoyed all the stuff that I'm doing on the media side. And, you know, when you work with a team, you are in such your own little bubble, worried about your team and what's going on in this. But from a media perspective and working in the media, you get a really big global view of what's going on with each team. It's kind of Nice and interesting to see how teams attack different things, whether it's salary cap, the draft, uh, the needs going into training camp. So really have enjoyed uh, the time I've spent so far in the on the media side. You know, I was going to ask you that very question. It's so interesting because when I talk about guys like you, Thomas Dimitrov comes to mind, and you're right, you're so insulated, right? And you're so protective of the information, and you're so locked into what you're doing. It isn't until you step out and you talk to some of your peers and you get to look around that you get a whole different view and a whole different experience. That said, and I can appreciate that, is it enough or do you miss the juice of calling the shots and running a front office? Uh, you miss the juice a little bit, but then you see some of the shots that you have to call, and I, I, I don't miss that at all, one bit. Uh, but, I, you know, the thing that I enjoyed the most was the draft and, and getting prepared for the draft and putting together that draft board and operating on draft day. Um, that was probably the, the biggest throw I got out of being a GM, but th- that's not what the job is hardly anymore. I mean, you have to get prepared for that and spend enough time to get prepared for that, but you're overseeing so many other departments, so many other things that it kind of pulls you away a little bit from what, you know, you truly came up in, in the business on the personnel side. But 
I, I still get an opportunity to do a lot of tape uh, with the podcast and with all the media I'm doing. Uh, you have to still know the player. So uh, that scratches the itch. I have an opportunity to go to a couple of mini camps uh, covering for uh, CBS. And then uh, I've got a big training camp tour coming up and get an opportunity to go out there, watch practice, talk to a lot of your peers that you know. And so that has really scratched my itch, if that's the, the term you want to use for it. So, um, but excited about uh, all the media stuff that's going on right now. So, Rick, what's that like? When you get to go out and about and talk to some of your peers, I would imagine the conversations are different than when you were in it because, again, everybody's protecting information. How do guys react to you now that you're on the other side? And then what are those conversations like? You know, just, uh, you know, I'll get a lot of calls just out of the blue on if something is coming up or about a player just because I don't have, uh, you know, uh, anything to do with it, but I can give and express my opinions. So I get a lot of calls from a lot of my peers around the league on things, and they know I don't share any information. Uh, you know, or when I go to the training camps or I talk to them on the phone, it's basically, you know, just this is where I'm at, what you do with the information on how I feel about this situation or this player uh that's that's on you i don't care to be honest with you but i'll give you you just like i always have just a straight upfront honest answer so but it's nice that you know when you talk to these gms and you're in another gm role most of the time yeah you may hang out at the owners meetings um but here you get an opportunity to get to know them a little bit better get to know their families what they're dealing with at their clubs uh, I think because of that trust factor and the integrity uh, that I try to do this job with that I'm not going to share anything they share with me. And I love being a sounding board for people as well and sharing some of my experiences, the education, uh, although it's a school of hard knocks that I've been through over 30 some years, just to share some of those experiences what I really enjoy doing. Now, you bet. And as part of the media, now you can share those experiences and that insight. You know, Rick, you mentioned you've gone to some camps already in no order of importance, but I've always liked this guy. I want to ask you about the time you spent with Baker Mayfield because I know you went by the Bucks to check them out for OTAs. I've always supported Baker. I've always liked Baker. And especially sometimes when it's not popular to support him, I've had his back. What's his mindset like these days? And do you think he'll be able to jumpstart his career in Tampa? Yeah, I, I really believe um, when we got an opportunity to not only interview him on the air, but off the air as well to sit and talk with him. Uh, I didn't know him personally, but I know that it comes across is that he does have a chip on his shoulder. and He doesn't see the Tampa opportunity as just a one year. He hopes that is a situation that he's going in uh, that it can go on beyond this this one-year deal that he has. And watching him in practice, there's no question about his confidence. There's no question about the new offense and how it fits his uh, skill set. Um, so I'm very excited to see the opportunity that, uh, that he's going to probably be afforded down in Tampa. My no question about it when I watch the quarterback's down there during and I understand it's it's the mini camp and there's no pads or anything but Baker Mayfield just had an aura about him when he was walking around you can see the players sense that uh I think he's going to become a leader down there so I'm very excited about 
what Baker Mayfield can do down in Tampa this year. I like it. So when you were in Minnesota, of course, you saw Aaron Rodgers a couple of times a year when you were there. How do you think he'll do with the Jets at age 39? Oh, I think he, uh, you know, I think it got, I don't want to say stale because, you know, he's going to be a future Hall of Fame quarterback and one of the top quarterbacks to ever play the game and ever to play at the NFL level. But I think just watching the from the outside that there's a new sense of urgency in him. Uh, he knows he went to a very good football team. He knows the New York market is a little bit bigger than the Green Bay market. So he has a chance to go back and I don't want to say reinvent himself, but uh, go out and prove a point that I can come to a big market. I can come to a good football team. And I want that pressure on me to take the New York Jets to a potential Super Bowl. And I think that, uh, you know, just by him being at the OTAs and just everything you heard, seeing him out taking his teammates to a Rangers game or to a Knicks game, uh, just trying to ingrain himself not only in the uh, locker room in the New York Jets, but also in that uh, whole New York area and becoming a, a part of that. So I, I expect that he's going to uh, maybe have one of his best careers or best years in his career because of that sense of urgency that whether that's a new sense of juice in him or whatever that is, it seems like he has that right now. I, I actually love that analysis, this sense of reinvention or rejuvenation. I think a lot of us are looking for that always anyway. What about Jordan Love? How do you think Jordan Love is going to fare following a legend? Well, it's funny when you read through all the clips and read through the in some of the places I've been, I don't think uh, – there is any team that doesn't think they're going to the Super Bowl right now. So <laughs> coming right. out of minicamp. Uh, but Jordan Love, it'll be interesting to see what happens. He had an opportunity to learn behind one of the greats uh, in Aaron Rodgers. Now it's his team. I think they have uh, enough weapons around him by drafting the tight end Musgrave, by having the two receivers uh, that they had last year and Dobbs and Watson. And I think don't, uh, underestimate Reed, who they drafted from Michigan State, uh, re, you know, as a slot receiver. So I think Green Bay's envisioning that uh, Jordan Love is going to grow with all this young talent on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm sure he's going to have his ups and downs, just like any young quarterback, but he's not a rookie. He's been there. He's done that. He's seen it. Now, everything that he's learned over the past three years he's going to have an opportunity to go out there and prove what he's learned and prove that, you know, just like Aaron Rodgers stepped in for Brett Favre, now can Jordan Love, which is big shoes to fill, and can Green Bay strike gold for a, a second time uh, and have Jordan Love step in and fill the shoes of Aaron Rodgers. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef very seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Who wants dried, 
Tough beef in a bag. Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. For those of you who like to take things up a notch, next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? You know, Rick, when you look back, you drafted Dalvin Cook out of Florida State in 2016, and he's been really productive the last four years, rushing for over 1,000 yards and going to four straight Pro Bowls. Which teams do you think would be the most logical fit for him now? I think, you know, it depends. It's like when you see him and you and you see Hopkins out there. And to me, when you're getting into that age, um, what's more important to you, the contract or the ability to say that you have an opportunity to go to a team that has a chance to have a chance to win the Super Bowl and put a ring on your finger and to go out saying that, yes, I was a Super Bowl champ during my career. So when I look at Dalvin Cook's situation, and I don't know what teams are interested in him, but I always thought Miami would be an ideal fit. I understand that they have Mostert, but he has durability issues. They have Wilson. He has durability issues. They drafted H.A., who is a shifty third down back, but I don't think he's a lead dog. But I envision, if you can you imagine Dalvin Cook going home, back to his hometown, uh, back to the home state, and finishing his career at least this year down there and getting the Miami Dolphins over the hump. Because when I was down at that training camp, I the, the, the defense and what Chris Greer has done, he's kind of taken all the draft capital that he has had, and he's went out and traded for Chubb. He went out and traded for Ramsey. I think Vic Fangio is going to make a huge difference as a defensive coordinator down there. When I watched Tua, he looked just bigger, thicker, uh, more command of the offense going into the second year with Mike McDaniel. Uh, just everything looked crisp during the minicamp that I was down there. So if you add a playmaker on the offensive side of the ball, what Mike McDaniels want, McDaniel wants to do, and you add that to uh, Tyreek Hill, to Jalen Waddell, just imagine how it more much more explosive that offense is going to become along with a, a great defense. And I, you know, I may be off base here, uh, but I think that the Miami Dolphins have a legit, a legit chance to win the AFC East this year if Tua stays healthy. No, I think you're right, Rick. I, I could not agree with you more. I, I'm still a big fan of Buffalo, although there is some drama there. But I love the Dolphins. Absolutely love the Dolphins. I love the way they're building that thing out. You've been around every kind of head coach. I'm really curious, what do you think of Mike McDaniel? And what's it like to interact with him? I'm, I'm fascinated by Mike McDaniel. I've never spoken to him, Rick, but I'm fascinated by everything I hear and see from him. What's your take on him? Yeah, I got an opportunity. They were down, him and Chris Greer were walking around. They were down at the Alabama Pro Day this spring. It's the first time I had an opportunity to actually uh, sit and talk with him a little bit. Uh, different personality, but one of those, uh, I don't want to call them mad scientists or geniuses. I think he has a great command of what it takes offensively. To win in the NFL, I think he wants, and Miami has to be able to run the ball better, better than they were able to last year. The biggest question is the offensive line 
down there and if they can stay healthy and if they can be better than they were a year ago. But I think Mike McDaniel's going to grow as a head coach as well now that he's going into his second season. And to go out and hire Vic Fangio to have that type of experience who has been a head coach, who's the top defensive coordinator in the league right now, in my opinion, to have a guy like that on your staff that you can rely on to ask questions to, hey, Vic, when I was going through this, what did you experience? So to have that uh, type of reference on your staff, I think is incredible. And I think, you know, the other thing, uh, what Mike probably learned is that it, I go back to the Buffalo game where uh, they had an opportunity to beat Buffalo, but on third and short, I believe two or three times that game, they end up throwing the ball instead of running the ball. And I know the background and being the run game coordinator that he was in San Francisco, if they can get to that, plus with the playmakers they have uh, at the skill positions, that they're going to be tough to beat. You know, I think you're right, especially about Fangio. I love that hire. I think that's a brilliant hire because of his experience, because I think he's a brilliant defensive mind. Rick, like, if you were looking to hire a head coach right now, what, who wins now? Like, what are you looking for? Are you looking for that mad scientist? Are you looking for a CEO? Are you looking for somebody who relates extremely well and communicates with the players? Like, who wins as a head coach right now? What would you look for? Oh, boy. I, you know, everybody's leaning towards the young offensive guys, but you've seen two young defensive coordinators in Gannon and D'Amico Ryans, who I think is going to be very successful as the head coach. So I think you have to look for that person who can lead a locker room and who the players can relate to, because it's not like it was maybe even five, six, seven years ago. And with everything going on in college, with the transfer portal and with the NIL, I think, and I, I don't I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but it seems like the players coming up may be a little more entitled than they were a few years ago. Because just talking to a lot of the college coaches I do, they have to continue to recruit the players they've already recruited so they don't enter the transfer portal. So uh but I think coaches that can relate to the players coming out of college today are the ones who are going to have the best chance for success. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Rick, you mentioned the AFC East. You look at the Buffalo Bills, and of course, Stephon Diggs had showed up the mandatory minicamp, and then he left, and Sean McDermott said he called it, or he called it, extremely concerning, which was pretty interesting. And then they seemed to work the whole thing out. Do you think the whole thing has been worked out and resolved, or do you think there might still be some issues there that could flare up once again? Well, I've, I've had personal experience with that with Stephon yes, in Minnesota. Uh -huh. Yes, you have. So uh, the one thing I'll say about Stephon Diggs is not only is he a phenomenal talent on the field, he is probably the most competitive player I've ever been around and wants to win no matter how much money he's making, the most important thing is, is he wants to win. And 
he is not afraid if there is something that is bothering him to express that or to go up and make sure that it is addressed. And I don't know what was, you know, I had personally talked with his agent when the news came out and Stefan was there and showed up for the uh, preseason physical that he was in a building going to meetings. He just didn't go out to practice that day. So I'm sure uh, Brandon Bean and, and Sean uh, all sat down and they probably discussed what the issue is. It doesn't sound like it has to do anything financially with his contract or just like he wants to be more involved. He wants to be the guy with the ball in his hands when the game is on the line. So I think they've had some meetings and it may be resolved right now. But when I go back to training camp and once the season starts and the adversity starts to hit, let's see how it plays out then. You know, it's really interesting what you just said. Do you think, in your opinion, is he right in saying what he's saying? Like, hey, listen, we came up short. We did not accomplish our goals. I need to be the guy. Or how would you handle that if you were Brandon B and say, hey, listen, we got a process, we got a plan, and believe me, you are involved. Like, is he right or is he wrong? I, I think he just needed to express himself. I think uh, he's a very outgoing personality, um, and you have to be able to have open lines of communication with Stefan. And when you do that, he is all in. And I have no question he's all in with the Buffalo Bills, and he cares so much. And that's why maybe he does get frustrated. So I'm sure that they'll have a lot of internal discussions. What those discussions are, I don't know. But I do know that he is a very important piece for the Buffalo Bills. And I do know that without him, they're probably not going to be the same team or have the same success on the field as they are when he is on the field. Well, I agree with that statement as well. So, Rick, if, in fact, Stefan is the most competitive player you've ever been around, would Adrian Peterson perhaps be the best player you've ever been around? Well, <laughs> he, he I, I'm not going to say he wasn't as competitive as Stefan either, but Adrian Peterson was such a unique physical freak. And I just remember when he tore his ACL, and I believe it was in a Washington Redskin game, and it was in November, if I'm not mistaken, and I may be wrong, but I know it was later in the season. And for him to attack the rehab on his ACL the way he did, um, the way our training staff did at the time, and Eric Sugarman brought him along, and then he goes out, after six or seven months or eight months of rehabbing an ACL at that position and had a 2,000-yard rushing season the following year, that just tells you not only what type of competitor he is, but what a freak of nature he was just on how physically uh, he was built. U.S. Cellular is introducing us mode. You know, it's kind of like airplane mode, but for people, it's a way to set up your phone so it does not get in the way of people really being with each other, block distractions, make way for real connections. Give it a try. Visit U.S. Cellular in-store or online, and they'll help set up your phone to us mode free, even if you're not a customer. Built for superior 5G connection and real human connection, U.S. Cellular, built for us. Find out more at uscellular.com slash find us. And as everybody knows, if you even shake his hand, you know that. Like, I think he broke every bone in my hand. The one time I shook his hand, the guy was just so physically strong. 
and mentally tough and determined, as you point out. You know, Rick, you started. They, your, let me ask yeah. you. I'll just tell you real quick. Please. The only way. Yeah. If you want to defeat that hand crushing shake, crush his hand first. So that's the one thing I learned after I had a couple of lessons of him crushing my hand. I said, okay, I'm going to try it differently. So I squeezed when he brought his hand out. I just squeezed it as hard as I could. It didn't hurt as much after he shook my hand. If, if you attack first. Yeah, always throw the first punch, right? Ask questions later. But but did it work and did he react? He, he gave me a little smile, but he still crushed my hand. So it didn't work. It just was less painful. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. You know, you started your career in player personnel as a scout for the Lions. Detroit, I thought, was a blast last season. They started 1-6 and six before they turned it around and they made that run late. Now, we know things, how much they can change year to year in the NFL. Do you feel like that was an aberration, or is this who this franchise really is now or on the verge of becoming? No, because I have the utmost respect for Dan Campbell and what he stands for and the way Brad Holmes has built that roster. They have done it through the draft. They bring in players that are truly passionate for the game. And it, if you even looked at Dan Campbell's first year, they started out very slow. And I believe they lost. They were almost the same record. But look how they finished towards the end of the season where it was around 500. And then you saw what they did last year. And that team has taken on the personality of Dan Campbell. And when you go up to Green Bay, Green Bay has to win that game, the last game of the season to get in the playoffs. You know you were eliminated, but yet you go out there and fight your rear end off and go beat Green Bay in Green Bay that night. I think that is just a sign of what's to come with the Detroit Lions. And if they can get off to a better start than they had the first two years of Dan Campbell's coaching tenure, uh, that they're going to be a team to reckon with. It really was stunning that they got that win. So before you go, Rick, let me ask you, you saw a lot of Matthew Stafford during your years in the NFC North, and he was a key part of the Rams' Super Bowl run, but he did end last season on injured reserve. At 35, how much do you think that he has left, and can the Rams count on him? Yeah, I don't know, you know, the extent of the uh, injury or where his arm is. I think he had some issues with his arm, if I'm not mistaken, going into the season last year. Um, but we've seen quarterbacks at that age um, still perform at a very high level. And so I don't have any doubt that if he is healthy, now does he have enough around him to, have him lot of, to give him an opportunity to have success? I know Cooper Cup's coming back off of injury, but – the Rams are kind of in a rebuild mode and it went from F those picks to please give us as many picks as we can possibly get in this last draft and let us start over again. But if Matthew Stafford can stay healthy, I still think he could be one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. So one follow-up and I'll let you go. What about that F them picks? I mean, I was all in on that. They had a chance to get the Super Bowl and play it in their own house, and then they won. So is it worth it? Did they do the right thing with the F those picks philosophy, given where they are right now? Do you think that was played the right way? Yeah, they won the Super Bowl you bet. in their house. You bet. So yeah, how can you say it wasn't? So uh, yeah, I give them credit for what they did and the moves they made to go get OBJ and to trade for Von Miller and – they won a Super Bowl out in, in L.A. in a major market in a team that's been kind of up and down. But to do what Les Snead did and to put it, all their chips in. Now, if they put all their chips in and they didn't win that Super Bowl, 
you may be looking at it differently. Now they're in a rebuild mode, but it's similar to almost Tampa. They kind of went all in and won a Super Bowl, but they have a ring on their finger and a Super Bowl chance. So I would say, yes, it was definitely worth it. Yeah, that was always my feeling. I mean, and especially in this town, like it's one thing to win, but you have to win a certain way. And they did. And that was the ultimate Hollywood, all chips to the center of the table, balls out play. And it worked. Rick, so great to get caught up with you. I appreciate you going long form. I appreciate the conversation and really good to talk to you. Thank you so much, Rick. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. And uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. So obviously some dudes just know their stuff. And this is one of those dudes. 30 years in NFL front offices will do that. He is a wealth of knowledge and experience, and as you heard him say, now he's on the media side, so he's totally free to speak his mind, and I'm glad that Rick decided to do so on this, the original side hustle, and that was a blast. Conversations like this one are the entire reason why I started this podcast in the first place. Premium, extended, unfiltered, one-on-ones that you cannot get and will not hear anywhere else. And if you are interested more, there is a lot more on the way because we do pump out a brand new app every single week. So if you take one second and hit subscribe, you will be the first one to know whenever a new episode does drop. It'll find you. You don't have to go looking for it. So consider finding that button, smashing that button, and I will see you for episode 273 of the Jim Rome Podcast right here next week. See you then. We're out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.